0: Welcome to Non-Fungible Rebels, a podcast where creators, tech, internet culture, crypto and marketing meet each other. It's me, Annie Alexander, and in each episode, me and the rebels will have a real unscripted talk, share genuine opinions and show raw emotions. Should we start? Hello, hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Non Fungible Rebels. Today, I'm gonna talk to John Briggs, the owner of Food Fight Studios. Um, we we met what was it like, uh, over a year ago, like uh, about a year and a half ago. I was a speaker at the San Diego's Crypto Business Conference, and John was, um, in the audience. And that's exactly like what I love most about speaking in different conferences is because you get to meet loads of awesome people from the audience and kind of, you know, I love later on introducing them to my audience so this is what's exactly happening um we kind of you know uh my speech resonated with John it feels like we're really look you know on the same page about the space about our opinions about the space and kind of you know we, we look at the same direction it feels like so I feel like we're gonna have uh, an interesting conversation so welcome John how are you doing
1: welcome I love it first of all, I love your shirt it's badass. Uh no time for thank you. people. It's probably like I didn't know that you had that shirt back then. You weren't wearing that on stage. But, no, I wasn't. Uh, no. But it was fun. And actually, I think you had um um you had like a cold. So I was like kind of trying to avoid you at that San Diego crypto business. I coughed
0: a lot. Yes, that's yep. true. I, I but, couldn't help myself, yeah.
1: <laughs> but it what you said was so like resonated with me. I remember like my head just kept bobbing up and down and you know, I was in there like do you know doing work as as as, as we were listening to it and um um, but it was so good that like I had to had to connect with you. So glad that we did. Uh, no fake people, no time for that. And uh, also, he told me we're going live like two seconds before this. I love that too. So here we are. <laughs> Let's uh i thought you longer.
0: knew like i always do that live but but yeah no it, I, I think that's another way i was talking about just before the record uh, the going live we were talking about the fact that i'm I'm trying to intentionally filter out my audience and kind of you know shape it the way i'd prefer it to be and i think that that's what's happening with my guests as well because you know sometimes my guests would say no you know i don't want to show my face on camera or i don't want to go live and that for me is indication i'm like okay you know this, this podcast is for rebels you know if you don't if you really can't do that probably uh yeah i don't know like you know it, it, it's a big deal for me so yeah. <laughs> i'm happy you said yes
1: yes um, i'm happy to do it and i don't know if there's if you can hear it or not but there's either a woodpecker over there or there's someone banging over there but if you can't hear it we'll just roll with it if not this is what live is so we'll just do it
0: oh you you mean from my side
1: from my side not from your side
0: oh no i can't hear you, anything okay, from your side right. so so we good all
1: right okay
0: Cool. So, um, so yeah, John, let's start by you explaining what you're doing in the field because I've, I've seen like, you know, we, we had lots of conversations after that. Um, you didn't catch any cold from me. So we, we kept communicating afterwards. Mm -hmm. So we're good. And, um, Okay, this is what it is. <laughs> Living in a big city, the sirens. Anyway, yeah. So, um, so we we had lots of conversations, and I am kind of, you know, I I know what you're doing, and and I know that you're doing tons of uh, awesome stuff in the space. So, so for the audience, just just let us know what you do in in Web three.
1: Yeah, like well, look in in Web three. I started like six or seven years ago. Um. Just doing uh, creating a creating a kind of like an explainer video, but it was more of a of a of an animated story about what Bitcoin was. Um, you know, at that point, most people didn't understand it. So, you know, true to true to animation, they just send over to the animation studio and say, "Hey, kind of explain this complicated subject." So, we um, we produced a, a, a you know almost embarrassing um, but but proud of uh, uh, animation that explained just the basics of Bitcoin. That was kind of my introduction to it of course uh when you're doing that you kind of start to to open the books and read it and understand it so that you can explain it uh yeah. correctly um so that's kind of how i jumped into it so had a had a feel for you know crypto and all that stuff definitely drank the Kool-Aid and and believed in um you know the the, the theory of of all of this stuff and was very intrigued um with it and um um so when nfts kind of came along um I paid attention. I'd already understood crypto a little bit, so it wasn't crazy for me to jump in, but it took me a full year of listening to like Lindsay Lohan pedal, you know, crap NFTs on clubhouse to, to understand kind of what, what, um, what these things were, what people were using them for and actually what they could be. Um, uh, and that's, that's, that's what we did. So, uh, partnered with a, a guy that I've known, um, for, for a long time, kind of collected his physical art guy that we tried to, um, uh, go the old-fashioned way and create some IP together before. And uh, this was the opportunity, and we kind of paired up with uh, with his wife and and a guy that I've known for twenty years and didn't know a thing about what we were doing in uh, in in Web three technical side, NFTs, any of that stuff. But we were uh, we we, we use this as a as an as an opportunity to kind of um, build this IP and, and kind of uh, co-create it with a, a group of people.
0: Okay, sounds sounds good. It's interesting, because like, if, if you have noticed, there are loads of PFP projects that are still around at the moment, and which were like, really, really popular back in the days, uh, that are now sort of trying to figure out the IP stuff, right? Like, you know, many PFP projects came out just as just, just PFP projects that didn't really have a plan or or a business model behind it and now everyone tries to figure out how to deal with it because they need to sort of you know to to have something sustainable behind it so many people kind of you know ended up building a game or looking into their uh, how they can capitalize on their ip and stuff like that but it feels like from the very beginning you already had that in mind um and you're not doing these back and forth at the moment
1: no, I think that's why we're still sticking around, and and um, you know, when people were crazy, um, like, "Why are you still doing this?" Um, back when you know the quote unquote bear market came, and we just kept going because we weren't really in it for the shiny PFPs or the or this was just a component of the overall business that we were looking to create, and and the technology, um, um really not even the technology, um, uh, but it allowed us to really think of things in unique ways and experience things in new ways. That uh, that took what we were doing to a different level, and it's and it's 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 sustained us to to where we are now. I think like twenty two months in or something along those lines. So jumped in, um, um, jumped in right at the the height of stuff, and and still kind of kind of stuck around, but but happy to do it.
0: Yeah, I think it's really nice to approach it that way I mean I, I was at a zebu live conference a couple of days ago here in London and um, and there there were tons of people and and most of the conversations were about yeah I mean it's 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 not very fortunate that we're in this bear market but looking around we ended up with the people who actually care that are still here so you know it's so much easier to find the right people and to communicate with them because most of the noise and most the people who came just for the money are probably not around anymore so so i think that's kind of the uh the silver lining of of being in a in a deep uh, crypto winter i guess (laughs) the
1: one of the things we spent a lot of time and energy um making sure that we were not um included in in batching up with some of the people that you kind of see um you know it was greasy a little bit in terms of uh seeing nft projects or um really just you know crypto in general um some of the things that they did but like you know we were kind of you know in the same um playground a little bit so we spent a lot of time and energy to make sure that that would like we separated ourselves and we weren't that so we did a lot of delivering um probably over delivering uh just out of like i don't want to be in the same kind of conversation or breath as some Mm. of the things that we were seeing out there so you know it's it's really worked and um it's been um it's been a, a cool ride but um and far from over, but I think when when the dust settles on everything, all of the crazy this you have to do it this way, you have to do it that way, you have to do it that way because it's this is the space. Really, mm. when the when the dust settled, that wasn't really the case. And you just can continue if you have good values and and a and a business model and a plan beforehand. Um, you know, the, it, you're going to stand, and I bet you that's a lot of the, the the companies or businesses or NFT projects that are still standing are, are similar
0: yeah yeah I agree with you it's um it, it, it's interesting like you know since you've been from the very beginning um and i mean now particularly we're talking about the nfts so probably I'll just continue with that um uh, how much has have things changed since then like you know obviously during the hype periods there are the, there was lots of noise, lots of messages, the Vagami vibe, um, many happy people, many people who made many a lot of money and all that stuff. Now the picture is completely different. But in terms of like you know how it impacted the way you're approaching projects and you know the the way like your everyday kind of building phase. Um, what are the biggest differences and challenges, or or maybe benefits of of uh, things cooling down a little
1: bit? Well, I think for the first three months, um, I took years off of my life because there was just so many different terms to <laughs> learn or things to learn yeah. and, and and all that stuff, and it was just getting caught up. So, I mean, a major change is we realize that you you don't have to do things the way that you know these the 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 OGs are saying that you have to do it. Um, and yeah. there are there are ways that uh that you can do things. So one of the big things is, you know, we had a very high cost uh development, like web three development, like web three website, web three smart contracts and things like that. Um, but you know, there there's now tools out there that are that are no code that like you know we can do. So mm-hmm. I think we spend a lot of time understanding, like, okay, um, what is everybody telling us? We took a bunch of information in and like, okay, now let's is it's deconstruct that and and what is true and what is not and what can we do. So um, because we kind of, we kind of came in from the outside um, with a fresh perspective, even though this was very new um, we were able to do things like um, fun, interactive components of RNFT stuff that most people would say, you know, you shouldn't be doing that or, you know, you can't do Mm -hmm. that. You have to hire this code developer and all that stuff. I think we've, we've we've gotten all over rid of all those things. Um, And I think when people say, you know, the onboarding for web three is a hundred percent. It's very difficult, but, um, but look, um, it it onboarded us as a, as a component to our business. And now we can make smart contracts. So there are things that have really made things easier, um, like no code things like nifty kit, not a sponsor of any of that stuff. Maybe they should sponsor Uh. your podcast, um, (laughs) for, for this, but the, um, but those are things that we, um, before you're taking, um, thousands of dollars and months into condensing it into something that, you know, we could knock Mm. out in in a couple hours and, um, that really accelerates the path and the things that we could do, um, in this world was, was a major thing.
0: Yeah. Got it. Um, I want to talk about something that I'm truly passionate about. And usually yeah. it's like the main topic that I cover when I'm going to, you know, to speaking uh, at conferences or kind of, you know, I am a guest at podcasts. So let's dive into communities, right? It's, it's you know, um, I, I feel like many PFP projects kind of failed um, in this market because they built a community of speculators and flippers versus community that they attracted because of what they stand for or what they're building right so they, their communities came in for the money and left because there was no longer uh, an opportunity to make money um, and uh, so um, in your case like how did you approach your community building and and who who are um, the people around you in your community and what how did you attract them
1: yeah, no. Look, and I would love, um, would love not to take credit for any of this stuff because I did, I didn't do it. But the, um, the there's four partners for 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 us that did this, and and they're a husband and wife team, um, that really ran the community, and and um, while we were out there trying to learn, you know, smart contracts and and lingo and the NFT world, um, they were kind of holding down the fort. But it was like all of us are genuine, and we genuinely care about um, people about our reputations. So even if, uh, you know, I wasn't uh, physically in the, in the discord with them, um, they were genuine. So what happened was when you have natural people that kind of get together, a lot of people left, a lot of people were you know trying to speculate and, and, um, and, and make a quick buck, but the ones that kind of stuck around, um, they're doing the same stuff. They're doing game nights. They're doing all of their, they're doing artist showcases and, Playing poker together and doing all these cool things, so you know, they just became became friends with with everybody in that world, and just kind of built the community the right way, not as a, a as a you know a Russell Brunson um, funnel tactic to get people in to, to do what you want with them. That's not what 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 we're, any of us are about. And um, and Frank and Crystal Sinatra, who are husband and wife team of, of the Battle Bunnies, they are the ones that um, really handle that community. You should have Krista on to, to answer that. But one thing that's um, we all agree on, and she says all the time, is. She treats people how she wants to treat people and, uh, or mm-hmm. be treated. And, um, that sounded mad, bad, but, um, she treats people how she wants to be treated. And she does, we do games and fun things of like stuff that, that, that she wants to do. And, and, and it's really attracted the same similar type of people. And it's, it's been really strong. It's been really cool to see.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's very important because uh you know um yes, it's easier to attract people when you tell the narrative of you're going to make money fast. Uh and it's very attractive and and uh, like you know uh, the community will grow much faster and easier that way. Um, but I, I'm not so sure about the quality of the people, first of all, but also the quality of the engagement and the relationships with the project, but also between themselves, right? So so I feel like, you know, when when there is something beyond money, um, that is when people stick around much, much longer, when it's about, you know, uh, a like-minded people uh, gathering around uh, a certain interest or a certain purpose, uh, when it's mission driven, when it's about something else than money, money usually, when that stuff has been nailed down, money usually is there after a fact and it does come eventually not so quick it's not like overnight success um it maybe it's not as many zeros as we would wish but it always happens like you know when when this part has been taken care of and taken care of well then the, the money is just a matter of time that's kind of you know what I've seen and what I believe in um so yeah
1: 100 I mean build um build the right way and build the strong core and and um and then the money takes care of itself so, and I think all four of us really believe that and that's why we kind of uh align like uh than the way that we do with this. Cause one good thing about it, it's not a lot of money here in NFTs these days, um, um, yeah. which is which is good to, uh uh in in a lot of ways because it's really taken off uh the the people that are chasing a soccer ball around like little kids uh to what's the next big thing. Uh like a lot of those people yeah. have, have gone out. Those aren't all the people that hang out. You couldn't wear that shirt. Um or you you could and you probably did, but it'd be hard to wear that shirt um, you know, a year ago or something. Uh, no time for fake people because, you know, that's all that was around uh, or a good majority of it was around and and, and things that we were seeing.
0: Yeah, I think um, the interesting thing about fake people, especially in social media, when when you're not even talking to people, in most cases, it's kind of cartoon avatars that they are hiding behind, right? So you (laughs) don't even know, like, what kind of people they are there. Um, But I feel like now what we've achieved is Yet another level. So um, I call this fake authenticity. It's it's when people realize that authentic and genuine is what actually attracts and what people really mm-hmm. value uh so they come up with this fake authentic image of themselves by sharing uh vulnerable stories that never happened to them or kind of you know pretending to be really caring and kind but when you know but it's not backed up by actions and stuff that, like that so um so I, th- I do believe that we still have tons of Fake people around, they just disguise themselves um, behind that uh, fake authenticity facade. And, you know, maybe many people don't see through it, but believe me, like, as soon as the situation comes when they have to prove who they are, then then the masks will be off. Right. So, um and, and it's not just the Web3 thing. Like I've seen this happen in online marketing space, like many years ago, it's, it's probably just human nature. Um My, I mean, the, the reason for, for, for this, t- I mean, and I didn't think that this t-shirt would be like, you know, the, the spotlight of, of our conversation at any point, but the reason I'm kind of, you know, following kind of, the message is because what I've realized is it's so easy to get distracted by social media, to get sucked in to drama, to fake conversations, to following fake influencers and all that stuff, and sidetrack from what's important, that uh, I realized that it's it's just it's a valuable time that you can't get back, right? If you end up like being a victim of a scammer and and lose some ease. Eventually, with the time, you can make more ETH and and kind of bring it back in in some sense. But if you lose like one hour of your time, you can't bring bring back that one hour. So to me, I'm like you know I'm becoming more uh, um, protective about the the time and and the engagement and the sort of conversations that I'm having with people. Uh, trying to make sure that i'm i'm having it with the right people the you know the people that i enjoy talking to uh and and people that hopefully we both give value to each other uh during our uh conversations and engagement uh versus just chasing clout following influencers and um, I don't know, uh, talking to people only who have big audiences and, and who you could potentially benefit from, um, at some point. So, so yeah, that's basically the reasoning behind it.
1: <laughs> well, I think you hit the nail on the head first. It's, a so, it's called a sociopath, right? The, the people that, uh, that are pretending to be authentic just because it's a, it's a marketing strategy, which I, I just, I hate that stuff. Right. Um, you know, authenticity, um, shouldn't be a marketing strategy. It just should be who you are and it comes off that yep. way. Right. So, um, the, um, look, the, the, one of the things that, that in, in, in our business, again, we weren't, weren't just building this IP in, in the battle bunnies we were creating for other influencers. So had a very backseat backstage understanding of that industry. And the, for me look, the personal development industry was awesome that like I was the kind of kid with no money back in the day that would sit in Barnes and Noble because they let you read there for free. So mm-hmm. you know, these are things that I, that's how I learned about money, you know, back, back in the day. Um, so uh and, and life in general so like it's been very great to me but unfortunately just like anybody came into the nfts and or the icos and stuff and um with great intentions and then you have these big bad wolves that kind of come in here the, the personal yeah. development industry is also a predatory industry from a lot of yeah. people so you really have to know um you know really uh you know you want to trust and, and i think that's what they they, they pr- uh prey on is people that want to trust they want to they 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 believe in these things and um yeah. the reality is is they're spending way more money on things that they shouldn't spend, and then they're being upsold and downsold and this and that, um yeah. for things that they don't really Pushed need. through
0: so. funnels that yep. you really hate. So yeah.
1: Yep, yep. And I understand, look, I understand marketing and sales, you have to do it. Um, everybody does it. Um, and it is a really fine line, but um, but um, there's a lot of people out there that are faking and and have kind of um uh, we, at, at one point when we were at, people were hitting us up to ask to, to create for them. Um, we were turning down people, uh, pretty frequently mm. more than we were accepting people just because, you know, at the end of the day, if you have a, you know, a five, five star shining success program that you just, you know, like figured out on a weekend and now are selling it to people as the, as the lifesaver, it's not something that I kind of wanted to help with. So, yeah. um. Yeah, no, but that's an industry, any industry, right? So a lot of people, I think, a lot of the stuff that we learned when we heard, like in this space, in the crypto space, in the NFT space, the reality is, it's it's the same everywhere. Humans are humans, and it might be a little fancy, different word, or it might be a little uh, combination mm. of things. But the reality is, you know, there's 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 bad people everywhere. So I'm glad that we met in San Diego, um, <laughs> yeah. and and I'm glad that uh, that we that we were able to connect today.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's the beauty of it, right? Genuine human connections and relationships because, um, otherwise it's, it's, it's just, um, I don't know, like I, I don't really imagine myself sort of interacting with people only, when it's needed only when they are like, like at a high places and doing well and all that stuff, because that's not really like a human relationship. Like, right. So, and it's, it's interesting. You mentioned human nature because I totally agree with you there. Um, Back a few years ago, I was interviewing Andres Antonopoulos for the podcast and I asked like how much of it is, is like human nature what's the impact of it in in this whole kind of you know crypto space and and he told that it's all human nature like all of it is is based on human nature so i feel like you know in this space um i i admire and and respect coders. And, you know, as someone who can't really read code, this is for me something really fascinating and magical. Um, But it feels like, you know, those who can read people even better than the code are having some kind of advantage in here. I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like, you know, uh, those with stronger people skills who can read people better, who can predict behaviors of the human nature, who can tell better. Stories uh, definitely are in a really good space uh, spot in this space, basically.
1: Yeah, look, and it's not all negative. Um, these are great skills to have if you can learn to tell stories and connect and empathize with people. That's what really what makes a good story. Right? If you can empathize with the character, um, yeah. uh, then these these are great things to have. So it's just again, it's a, these are great tools that that some people use for bad things, just like AI. Um, is used for bad things and good things. The majority of uh, of it is is good, I think, in 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 a lot of ways. But totally agree with you. And I spent, um, you know, it's a skill that I developed kind of on accident, um, just because I had like a derelict mother that like um, would let me play around uh, by myself. So like I would I would hang out at the mall at like five years old and just like kind of watch people. So you can mm-hmm. kind of see how people act right in different ways. So I feel like it kind of gave me an advantage of, of kind of understanding. So there'll be times, to your point um, where I'll see somebody on stage or, or, uh, in a video. And I'm like, how does anybody fall for this? Cause look what they're doing. Like, they're not genuine about that. Right. They're like, look at the smile just went off his face two seconds ago. Um, unnaturally. Right. So like this, this, the, but people, people fall for that stuff and, I, and, and that's what stinks. So, um, I, I love what you're doing. I love that conversation. And, um, and there needs to be more people out there that, uh, that kind of, you know, speak the truth because uh, it's it's hard to come by these days. But it's out there, so it's not like everybody's like this. You're one of the truth sayers. That's why I um uh, uh subscribe to your Substack. It's legit. It's where I get. It's where I get uh, a lot of my information from in the stuff that we're doing because you've been ahead of this game. You've been in this game for a long time, and you're one of the good people. You are uh are, are someone I trust here. So.
0: Oh, thank you thank you so much it's It's interesting you mentioned conferences and sort of speakers and i i I'm sure not many people talk about this but um you know in our in the web three space the conferences many conferences are very corrupt. And, you know, part of the sponsorship package is basically putting you on stage, which is why it kind of eventually impacts the quality of the speakers and then the the conference attendees, um, you know, experience in general, and then the quality of the knowledge um, that those speakers are, you know, sharing with their audiences. So um, unfortunately, yeah, many people kind of by default trust and respect people just because they are on stage but not everything is so straightforward and unfortunately because it's like a whole ecosystem feeding loads of people not many people are are willing to go out there and talk about this right but but it is how it is and and unfortunately that's where we're at uh and there aren't many conferences that kind of you know um differentiate from that aspect unfortunately there are just few and uh and you know i'm happy that there are still few out there but most of them are uh you know having this issue for sure so yeah well, it's,
1: it's still different from you know, having a, an influencer uh, say they wear a certain type of lotion and stuff and they're getting paid for it. So that there's a reason that, you know, there's policies like that in place. So sure, if, yep. you're, at a, if you're at a conference and someone's speaking and giving a great speech about um, their cool tool, you would hope that that, that it's pretty uh, known that they are there uh, be, being paid or, uh, or paying to be there. But um, it's not the case always
0: yeah not always um and and that's why i think it's very important for people just to do their own research to look around to dig a bit deeper i know it's time consuming but like at least to to do enough research to know who to follow right because because that kind of really impacts their experiences um the level of the risk of being scammed um the you know uh, the quality of the knowledge that they will be gaining and all that stuff because it, the space can be ex- extremely extremely overwhelming when you're just getting into it it's very chaotic it moves very very fast you need some kind of kind kind of you know uh, real people who who you should follow just to make sure that you're getting the the legit stuff out of it all
1: so yeah don't jump in with both deep right away right so i mean when i say do this or don't i'm not giving any advice i don't know anybody here um um, other than you with this, but, um, but don't jump in right away because that's where I think that's part of what what gets people. Not only is it overwhelming, but it's exciting. So once you understand and unlock Mm. some of these things, like it's, it's, we have, we've experienced this stuff like, wow, this is amazing. This is awesome. And you just want to experience it more and test this yeah. and test that. And it's, that's a personality type that unfortunately people can take advantage of. So, you know, uh, ease in, you know, feel like do your own research, but also just don't, if you do your research, um, don't just jump in and, 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 and bet the farm and, and jump into all the stuff that you're doing right away. Like, you know, that's what, that's a mistake that I see a lot of people making. It's really heartening to see in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. because it's, there's, 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 it's, it's, it's a problem.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean, because like, you know, uh, I haven't met many patient people in this space. Um, I'm one of the most impatient people probably, you know, out there as well. So that that's one of my problems as well. It's very kind of, you know, hard to take your time and sort of, you know, stop a little bit and, and, and kind of uh, evaluate a bit further. And and and, and we're all like, we, we spoke about human nature, like we're all emotional creatures who kind of, you know, uh, although theoretically, we know about this stuff, but like, we still fall for hype and FOMO at, at, at some point, right? Like some are more immune to it than the others, but you know, once in a while we all fall for it anyway. So yeah, it happens. <laughs>
1: it, it is what it is. So um, there's a, there's a lot of things here that, uh, that is great. And I think that's, that's the stuff to focus on. Um, um But, but either way, what do you want what do you want to talk about next?
0: Okay, uh, so I know that storytelling is a big element yeah. in your project, and you know, as a fiction author myself, I'm like a very big advocate for storytelling, and I think like storytelling in marketing is uh, is very powerful as well, mm-hmm. uh, not just you know in 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 just writing fiction, um, and also sort of you know it it ties in with the communities as well. So like you know, storytelling and communities are two things I'm very passionate about. So um, uh, I know that you're kind of you have tied in both somehow um so i'd like you to kind of you know tell how you have been approaching it for your project and how kind of that works
1: well i think like you said like storytelling um it's come it's become kind of a buzzword and that's like where it's it's annoying for me was when um um when when you know these people that are doing marketing and stuff now it's like they're storytellers and 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 all that stuff but for me it's um uh, there's there's no better way to uh, connect with somebody um, when, than than with a story, right? And I think people are built in uh, in their nature through stories, and you know there's a million uh, books out there that'll say back in the day the reason why it's wired is you know there was no writing and stuff so people had to um people had to 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 tell the story of where to avoid the 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 animal over the over the hill or something like that so you were very descriptive and things and and, mm. and that's kind of how we're wired and we remember these things so um for me it's fun to tell a good story um but it's also it's also a way to um for people to remember um some of the things that we said like w- one thing that stuck with me um uh, was was some of these old things like the Iliad and the Odyssey. Mm. Those are like, those have st- like lasted the, the, the test of time. And if you, uh, before a point where we even written in a book, but how would that happen? It's because if you look back, it's very descriptive. It's like the, the green eyed Athena or whatever it is, right? It's, it's the, 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 they're, they're describing certain characters. So, and we remember it. So like for me, um there's a great book um, that's on storytelling um, and and marketing mix called Perennial Seller um, by Ryan Holiday. Super, super good book. Um, it's super underrated. I don't know anybody that's read it um, just kind of came I, across I it. I
0: haven't, but I really like Ryan Holiday, so yep. I, I should add it to my to to read, to read yep. one. I'm reading Seth Godin's Tribe at the moment, but okay, yeah, cool. probably that one should be next.
1: Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, Um, yeah, no, I mean, he kind of takes it from a perspective of like, Hey, there's, there's these businesses that have been around for 200 years, some that have been around like way longer than that. Um, but it's like, why? So he kind of studied them in a non, um, studious way, um, and Mm -hmm. just kind of told the story of, of, of why these, um, these businesses and, and kind of put it together to a, to a book and, and stories and, and, and what makes something perennial and stand the test of time, um, mm. and it is story and it's, it's things that you can remember. I think that's what marketing is too, right? You're trying to get people to remember whether it's like, you know, a sale, yeah. um, or, uh, something that you wanted to tell a story about the sale of why you should have the sale and things like that. So, um, so it, it's, I highly recommend, recommend that book. We should start a book club if you, if you don't, uh, already. Well, actually
0: you're, you're not the first one who told me that like, you know, in the past month I've been hearing this a lot and, and I kind of came back to reading much more than I did in the past couple of years. So probably that should start becoming a thing. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be considering it.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I think you absolutely should. But, um, but there's, there's a lot of really important things that I think um, if you're going to do marketing the right way that that stories can teach you, that's, that's one of the books. But if once you come across another one, definitely send, send it my way because I, I consume that stuff up all day long.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's the thing. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reading some books that have been written like years ago, like they are not really fresh new books. Um, But, but the fundamentals is still there. It's kind of, you know, it's still valid today. And it still works. And, and back then, maybe there were like super cutting edge things that people still didn't believe in. But now, like looking backwards and kind of, you know, seeing how it actually developed, these books actually Kind of, you know, told you what was going to happen and how to approach it in advance. So I think uh, there's there's a lot to unpack there, and and sometimes like you know when when you yourself are not very talented st- storyteller, like you know in those books you can see some of your ideas, but like you know in a way better, concise and polished way. So um, that kind of helps also to sort of you know shape your own mindset and kind of uh, put it into um, a more structured. Way as well, so
1: so yeah. I think for look for people that are creating content and the way that you can create content now um, is is stuff that we couldn't create five years ago without a, a hefty budget. So um, there, you're seeing a lot more types of content that are feature film like related and, and things. And um, so what, what's really cool is is this is like you could go to the, the school of Steven Spielberg just by watching all of his stuff if you like that, and you could find yeah. ways to kind of put it into um, the stuff that you're doing. I think that's Really, everything that's that's done in history is everything is combined. There's nothing new. So um, there are ways to integrate stories, and and for people that are creating content, literally just on a weekend gives you an excuse to sit down and watch some of these things, these commercials. Uh, it's a it's yeah. a it's a free free masterclass in a lot of ways. Can I plug something which I wasn't anticipating doing? Um, Go ahead. Is it good? And because I wasn't yeah, anticipating yeah. even going live, we didn't know what we were going to talk about. So it just kind of came in the conversation, but. Um, <laughs> Story related. Yeah, go
0: ahead.
1: Story related. Um, this is one way I think that you make story stick. Is um is this is from the Battle Bunnies and it's the, the TCG that's that's just pre released. But um this mm-hmm. is a playing card like Pokemon. That's my character okay. that I created. Right. So they're playable cards. Um that uh, that people create backstories for and then they become okay, playable nice. cards in there. So when we say like you know. Um, how do you do storytelling the right way, and how do you integrate it into the stuff that you're doing? Um, you make people part of the story, and mm-hmm. that's like, and it's it's more fun that way. Especially if you're if you're cultivating the right type of people um, yeah. that that love this th- uh, same type of things, but they're all like minded and in, in, in similar values. So um, that's a, yeah. literally it's what's allowed us to um, to to create a story, and then off of that story, build uh, a, a, a trading card game which the coolest part is none of the founders of the project did these were fans of the book that loved TCG oh, wow. games and then that's made their own game that's
0: super cool right? that's so, super cool super so cool. so so yeah i i think sort of, you know, that's the the next level of community engagement and, uh, you know post storytelling right like co-creation like creating something together Mm -hmm. because that that's when they feel ownership and belonging and feel like you know they're participating their their opinion matters they they are part of the process as well so they are they become essentially the co-authors of that story which is always powerful and and always great uh i mean obviously it's not realistic to think that absolutely everyone in the community will be actually super active and participating in, in the whole thing. But those uh, who would like to, it's its, it's always a nice way to, to put it together for them. And it's very challenging. I know that it's very hard, actually, you know, to, to, to create the safe enough environment and and sort of, you know, the, the conditions where people can feel um, safe enough and, and comfortable enough to come in, share ideas, brainstorm together with people they've never met before and all that stuff. So um, I, I, I know it's not easy, but I also know that you know, once you're able to do that, that quality of the relationship that we spoke about is is completely different, right? It, it, it gets to a much deeper level, and um, and yeah, people who put so much time and effort into that community most probably are not the people who will be leaving as soon as the money dries out, right.
1: That's it. Look, and, and it's not for everybody. Like most people are TCG players, but um but when it's uh most people aren't going to read a book. They don't read a Twitter post these days, right? But but so, <laughs> but some will and you give them multiple experiences um with it and make them part of it. And it's not like they just feel like they're part of it because they are part of it. And and it's ways to connect in, in different ways. So, um you know, most of the the characters in the book are co-created. Um their names of of Discord names even. Their lands that were contests that were held. So it's a it's been a very um, really fun rewarding um, experience. But they don't feel like they're part of it because they are part of it, and they've become stars in this lore. So like, there's a character, Miss Firefly, um, in this book, and that's her Discord name, and uh, she is a, like a hero. She's a, she's a star in this this book, and um, and um, she's not someone that just jumped in and said, um, I'm going to start writing and do this stuff. This is something she popped in. And over time, um, you know, developed the, the 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 relationships with people to the point where she's uh, come out and and wrote these amazing stories that uh, that some get used and 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 it's it's but either one it's nothing goes to waste that we all put it together we all read our stories and it's yep. uh, it's really cool so um it's 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 been real rewarding to see and and we're just getting started with it so
0: yeah it's uh, I think it's really cool I, I think um, what this this whole period in in the space hasn't been very easy, right it's 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 over mm-hmm. a year, like a year and a half that things are kind of you know really slowed down and and there are lots of challenges and even building becomes a bit harder because of the financial resources and mm-hmm. the scarcity and like you know investors being cautious and sitting and waiting to see what's happening next and all that stuff um so it's it's not an easy period, but at the same time, it feels like. This is when the noise goes out and the hype goes out, and you don't you're not under a spotlight with so much attention, so you have less pressure from that perspective. So you have the, the mind share and the space and the time to actually create for the sake of creating and not for this whole kind of you know idea and and goal of making money or 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 helping your token buyers to make money right so so that's when when you know uh, a more creative stuff can can come out and and i feel like before it was much harder to find projects that were um about something else beyond money because the money was so much around and you know those projects around money were so many and so big uh now it feels like you know um the stakes aren't that high, so only those who who actually care are are trying to build something, which is which is cool, basically.
1: Well, I read your article um, on Substack about the, the Stoner Cats. I thought it was super informative. Um, the, Stoner oh, yeah. Cats, the Stoner Cats. Look, I, I don't know anything about that, um, uh, but but I learned a lot from from your article. Um, for me, they were just one of the the projects that allowed me to understand what an NFT could be. Uh, it made sense uh-huh. when 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 I no, don't know what NFTs are. Um, okay, I, I get this, which allows me to go on their website and then unlock something. Like I, I got it. I, that, yeah. that, that that was a light bulb for me. Um, yeah. but um but wh- I'm curious of your thoughts of I don't know if you followed the um the SEC and all that stuff since that article has come yeah. out. But I'm curious yeah. of like your your thoughts on that. But I'm curious also of um of of just the general like marketing tactics that um like where do you draw that line? Um, because they were doing things that were cited specifically there about um, which seems crazy that, that, that someone with a business would actually say to do, but they were, you know, saying buy the dip and then go buy more stoner cats. Right. I think that's pretty (laughs) stupid. I think it's pretty unethical, um, to do that.
0: Uh, So, yeah, I mean, um, I wrote, this was probably the second article about stoner cats. If you've read it recently, because I wrote another one during their mint, which was Mm. like, two years ago probably. And and the reason I mean, the the way I'm picking up sort of stories that I dive really deep into is, is based on the fact like if I'm just scrolling down the Twitter or X, whatever we call it now, um, and, and there is something happening that people are really passionate about and talking about, and it's kind of you know, a hot topic, I'm trying to understand like, why it has become hot topic and what's the drama around it, right? Um, so so during the Stoner Cats, like the whole drama was around... First of all, like celebrities, cash grab sort of, you know, accusations. Vitalik was involved, which was kind of, you know, something rare and unique about it. And um, so so that was kind of what grabbed initial attention. And then they had issues during Mint and then many people uh, lost tons of money for in, in gas fees so there was a big drama around that then they they promised to reimburse i think they reimbursed the gas fees eventually and all that stuff um but there was also a lot of top kind of conversations around the ip itself because it felt like the the buyers were not actually getting ip and the reasoning behind it was like you know they told the Either the Discord mod or someone tells that we don't want that because people will um, will draw mm-hmm. dicks to to those cats, which is exactly what happened. Eventually, mm-hmm. they gave the idea, and like you know, a guy on Twitter actually started drawing those dicks on on the Stoner cats and all that stuff, right? Um, so that was like the first story about the whole roller coaster until the mint, and then the mint happened. Um, eventually, like you know, during these two years or so, they had I don't know. Three, four episodes released mm-hmm. up to then, not not too many. So it didn't feel like they did tons of work out there. Um in terms of SCC, I didn't really deep like dig deep into like the whole accusation thing, but it feels like um basically um in their marketing materials they somehow implied that you know if the cartoon series becomes successful it Mm -hmm. will impact positively the price of the the nft right? Yep. So so anytime when you do promotion, where you imply that the token buyer is going to get some kind of gain, um, in many cases, it can be like direct gain in terms of how the token has been shaped. So let's say if the token includes revenue share, or or kind of, you know, sharing part of the royalties that they are getting with their token buyers, that immediately puts it into a securities kind of category of the token, right? Here, in this case, they were promoting kind of implying. That you're gonna make money because the price will increase, because we would do well and and kind of you know have a successful series release and all that stuff. So I feel like that's where the problem was coming, the way it was positioned,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, because you're not supposed to To talk about, I mean, usually, I mean, as marketing, I was always advised to be very careful in in our messages, in promotions, Mm -hmm. implying or, or discussing any price action. So, to be on the safe side, you shouldn't really touch the subject at all. And it not only implies, as far as I know, the public channels like social media, et cetera, it also includes mods, conversations in Discord channels, in Telegram channels, and all that stuff. So, even if it's just a closed community, communication just with your token buyer specifically, even that, although it's not public, you still have to be very cautious in terms of, Mm -hmm. you know, what you can cover and how you should phrase things. So if I'm not mistaken, again, I'm not a lawyer and I haven't looked too Mm -hmm. deep into that. But as far as I know, it was exactly kind of, you know, the way they promoted it and that implication that they were basically in different words but where they were saying, if you buy this in the future, you're going to make money basically, Um, which is more or less what most of the um, nft collections were saying which means that i don't think Stoner cats is the last one to be in that situation
1: no, no. um
0: they haven't been probably, in the monthly. yeah so probably yep. people will end up with uh, wallets which would be like graveyards with nfts that could can't be really traded much um uh, because uh, you know once that kind of decision happens then they get delisted from marketplaces so yeah i don't know well, it looks uh, like
1: they, looks like they got like a slap on the wrist on some levels. I think they had to like pay a a a, a, a fine, obviously, but they still made profit. Yeah. I think they they made what nine million according to the article, something along those lines, or six million, something like that. But they had to pay yeah. a, a small fine. They had to destroy the NFTs in their that in their possession, um, and then, then they had to take away secondary sales. And um, when when I read that out was first, I was like, let, let me um, unpack that a little bit. It makes totally sense if you're telling people to. Um, Eat, the, the ETH is down go buy more stoner cats and you have secondary sales um look, again yeah. I'm not not saying anything bad about them I actually owned a stoner cat and they were huge um and I still talk about how they were huge in my understanding of um of NFTs but beyond watching a couple episodes I never really paid attention into after that but um but yeah. I don't like think you're hitting the nail on the head like they're definitely not the last so I think I'm I'm definitely excited that that um um uh uh, in a good way, and a bad way, that um, the people will get more guidance out there. But what I took from that um, was, you know, obviously it's just common sense. You avoid speculation in your marketing. And uh, in a, in a big part of people getting into is marketing issues.
0: I think that's the whole thing, right? Like, you know, I've been in marketing since the ICO times. and And it's not like, you know... Yeah, in the very beginning, there was no regulation. But later on, the regulation came in. There were different laws and guidelines and all that stuff. I I feel like the issue was not that there were no laws. The issue was that until recently those laws were not reinforced and no one has been punished before. So no one was really probably seriously taking into account all all those things. No one actually, like not many projects actually consulted lawyers around some stuff uh, while modeling the token, tokenomics, kind of, you know, the token model and, and all that stuff. So now, like after so much time has passed and so much stuff has already been done, Now going backwards, people are looking into how things were done. And in most cases, because like, you know, first of all, regulation wasn't very clear in the very beginning. It was like very, um, there were tons of gray areas um, and there were no precedents, no no cases before that. It was very hard to predict kind of, you know, how serious the, the things you're doing, the impact of it could be. Right. So. But but looking at it and from the speculator perspective, kind of you know, and human nature and community, right? Um, if if this happens and the NFTs under their possession are being burned, essentially the token holders are the only ones who have the NFT. And if it's a really sort of you know very passionate community. And in their mind, those tokens actually have value. And I'm t- not talking about, you know, stoner cats, mm-hmm. but in general, if it's like a delisted project, whatever, I mean, no one can take those tokens away from them. They can still find ways to maybe interact. And maybe in the secondary, just that thing may even increase the price. Who knows, right? It's, it's, it's very interesting to sort of look at how decentralized sort of uh, setup works and, and how people... Find their ways around the centralized marketplaces, right? So, um so I don't know, like, uh, but it's it's very interesting how the, I feel like each community will be reacting differently in 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 very similar situations. So we'll 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 see how it goes. Like you know, it's. I mean, I I always bring the uh, the Funks um, yep. community as an example because they were delisted. Um, the, the founder and the team, the whole team left the community by themselves and they got together and they built their own marketplace to, to trade the funks and the community is still very strong. It's still kind of around and, uh, and yeah, I mean, it it, it totally proves um, their uh, their values, what they stand for, and and the fact that they are still united and and still around. Um, so it's always kind of uh, going to be interesting to see when things happen, how communities actually react and behave after that. So
1: yeah no, but I think you we, we talked about it earlier about from a business and you don't do things from like a money motivation to start, like things kind of generally yeah. take care of themselves. so like you know the, the same thing with 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 if you have an nFT project or a business or something like that, say, same type of deal. so like money shouldn't be the first motivator for anybody for the business or the person jumping in and if yeah. it is, then it's probably you know some people get lucky a lot of people I guess but but you know for me that's not, um, that's, not the, that's not the first two criteria for for anything that I start or be a part of.
0: That's the thing. That's the uh, you know you said lucky, and in most cases it, it is pure luck. But mm-hmm. the interesting thing is, like when you, when you're looking at all these Twitter influencers, like in in many cases when they make tons of money, they are not lucky. They are super smart. But then when they lose money, it's not them being dumb, but it's the market, right? It's it's always kind of this narrative of positioning and twisting things in under the different angles. That kind of you know. Um, make them look better, I guess. Uh, I don't know, but like but th- very few people actually admit the fact that it's not them being smart traders, but it's just pure luck.
1: Well, that would be not even disingenuous to the audience, the, the audience, if they admit that it would be disingenuous to themselves. Cause people, most people don't believe that that's their reality that could, if people make money. Um, that's human nature that they believe that, uh, a, a lot of the times that, um, that, uh, that, that, that they did it. Um, and some cases that is, but like even your know, real talk. When we did that uh, Bitcoin um, animation to to explain it, Bitcoin was super low, so just jumped in that, and and um, when it went up, um, you know, like here, I'm the, I know exactly what I'm doing, right? I'm and um, but the reality is that uh, you, you literally got lucky, literally got lucky, and then it went down, and you're like, oh man, you know what are you gonna do? But I still believe in it, and then it goes up, and it's like you know you go through those roller coaster of emotions, but that's human nature. And uh, if you if you take the walls of people's reality, um, you know, that's when that's when they go crazy. Mm. So they they can't they can't let themselves believe that
0: yeah that's true but then again like you know the whole reality check thing is something that periodically need to to have uh Mm -hmm. and uh people who follow me will will know and it's funny because i don't really want to to add toxicity to the space but somehow when i'm when i get really passionate and very pissed and i sometimes would just go and live stream like a short rant sessions of mine about certain topic those perform the best unfortunately (laughs) because it feels like the negative emotions are kind of spreading faster somehow. I don't know. Um, But uh, but yeah, I, I feel like, you know, there are loads of topics that I can rant about because it's kind of, you know, the space we've been around for so long and everyone claims that it's we're still early I kind of don't buy that so much because yes, we are still early, but it's been like 10 plus years anyway. So it's not like, you know, we're, we're too early. Um, but but still there are loads of things that we keep doing again and again, the same mistakes, the same bad players, the same situations that happen as deja vus again and again and again. And and sometimes it's time to sort of stop and, and try to reevaluate and see, okay, now what do we need to do differently in order to just break that cycle. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I guess we can wrap up with, with, with that topic. Like, you know, uh, obviously renting works to some extent, but if we just, all of us just talk about stuff we're not unhappy about and not really look for solutions and try to contribute somehow in our own small capacity, then we are sure that nothing is going to change. So mm-hmm. how do we change this?
1: Well, I think um, again, everything in this whole conversation, I feel like we've, we've talked about is, is human emotions. The reason that your rants do well is that's the same reason like the nightly news does well, and they lead with like <laughs> bad things, right? Because that's what just yeah. what gets people's attention, and everybody's looking for attention. So, you know, you could tweet about um, the the cool shop that you got your t shirt in, but that what is are people really gonna watch that or, or remember that or what? Some will. And those are the people that you'll connect with the most. But for the majority, and that's where people that do have aspirations to grow an audience or be big, big, like they sell their little bit of their soul at some point. Um, uh, and, and it doesn't mean they're bad people, but there are things that you have to, to do. And 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 then I think um, we're in a cycle because it's we, we live in such a, a little bubble of time and space, and that's even become more so, um, you know, in the last uh, the last few years. But um, the reality is. Um, these things are not new. If you go back and, um, I, I remember, um, in the, a book I read, um, was old, I was collecting old books and it was, um, from PT Barnum it was written in the 1800s oh, and wow. you could read that thing and you swap a few like, um, uh, miladies and, and horse buggies out of that and substitute them, um, with cars. Uh, this thing, um, could be written by Tony Robbins. It's the same friggin' thing. Right, it, it says basically like get up, work hard, um, have a positive attitude, um, mm-hmm. save your money. Like these are the same things. So everything gets regurgitated, and it becomes a cycle because there's new people that come in. There's younger people yeah. with these same emotions um, mm-hmm. that, that's happening, and and maybe they're happening in a different place. Maybe it's happening in like a, a um, you know a Roblox community as these kids are aging up. But the reality, all of this stuff is is happened in the 1800s, just in different different forms. in, in my view.
0: Okay, yeah. Makes sense. So, um, so basically, yeah. I guess looking back, we can get lots of insights. Like even even in this space, when when someone is coming, I think looking back and seeing how things developed uh, from the ICO times, because I feel like it's it's the repetition of the same cycle. Like you know, the the packaging is a slightly different. Like the the, the story has a different flavors to it. But like the ICO hype cycle and then the DeFi summer and the NFT hype cycle, they are all. Fol- following the same blueprint and the same sort of, you know, things developed the same way and ended the same way as well as a result. So just going over that would make you immune enough, like not to get shocked and super surprised about how things, you know, develop or how things happen in this space, because it's kind of, yeah we've seen it before there's nothing extraordinary new about it like everything like you know FTX yes maybe we haven't seen it to to such an extent because we each hype cycle, the amount of the money is different and it scales up and up at each time. Maybe the scale has been different, but we've seen those exchanges go past, right? It's not like the first time um, that this is happening. Like we had scammers, they were different, they are not around. Now we have new ones come in. Uh, but the mechanism of scamming, the the kind of, you know, the way they behaved, the, uh, the whole influencer vibe, was very similar as well, right? So um, it's just about looking back and kind of predicting the future because, yeah, I mean the history rhymes, right? So, so yeah, I think that's that would be a good thing. And everything is available; it's out there; it's public. All you have to do is Google it, and I spent a bit of time just uh, going over it. That's all.
1: <laughs> the, 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 the inside joke of the you know the the nigerian prince or whatever that's, that's the scam of people right but um yeah but you see the news now and somebody is calling um with a, a voice of the kid um to his grandma or something and it's his voice that's cloned on ai that says he needs money for that stuff like it's the same scam just packaged up in a different way so if you understand and it's that it's getting
0: trickier right it's, yeah, it's getting, getting trickier. trickier now yeah it's
1: getting trickier for sure so but if you understand that and i think um you know, take time to understand human emotions and 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 why humans act that way cuz you find a lot about yourself as well um but but you'll see why things uh, uh people do the way things they do you'll see why yeah. um you know people do upsells and downsells and everything in between for for the marketing is cuz it works so um hopefully um you know that people, the, the the bad actors or some of them have gone out. Um, hopefully, that people have made some real genuine connections, found some real genuine communities, worked on some really badass things. Um, yeah. So that when those people come back, there's no time for that stuff, and and just understanding um, not to chase the shiny object. Um, you know, that's that that's my hope of uh, of what happens when this thing does come because it it will, and it won't be called NFTs or Web three. I don't even know what it's going to be packaged up as, but there will be um, some use case that will come up and. It's nothing new, um, you know. Whether there's Tom Brady with FTX or you know Linda Hamilton or Linda Evans with Palm Olive, like it's the same type of of, of playbook. And, and celebrities sell things. Unfortunately, people lie. Unfortunately, and um, and they prey on the people that were, were going to make this thing um, great in the first place. But I think hopefully still can.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's, um, uh, yeah, we covered lots of sort of, you know, negative stuff uh, in our yeah. conversation. But obviously, like, you know, I would like to highlight that, you know, uh, me and my podcast guests are still around. There is a reason behind it. We still believe in the future. And we still believe that there is lots of magic and beauty in this space. And there are tons of really nice people around and really good people who who, who do build interesting and useful things. Um, and and that's one of the reasons of this podcast, because I have a feeling that most of these people are not so visible and, you know, they are not uh, appreciated enough. And and I just want to to find those people and kind of, you know, have real conversations about stuff versus kind of, you know, just just go live and chill a certain meme coin or, or, or a token or an NFT collection, which kind of, uh, I don't think it's going to bring any value to the space or there are tons of people who are already do that so you you get that content uh, even more than you probably need so <laughs> there's no need for that for an extra one come especially coming from me because yeah i'm i'm a lousy shiller anyway so
1: <laughs> same deal and um look i've listened to some of your podcasts and i'm like definitely the worst guest you've had on this stuff we we're all over the place because of me um but in the reality is we had a really genuine conversation Right. That I thought there's some things that will take away and, and, and this is just how we communicate. So this was awesome. And if people got to be a fly on the wall with it, great. Um, if not, I I genuinely enjoyed it and, um, and hopefully we'll do it again.
0: So did I. Thank you very much. Thanks for everyone who was watching. Uh, obviously, as always, I'll just um, publish this um, as an audio podcast on all the platforms as well. Um, so we'll see you next time in in a week or so. So next week, we'll have another episode. I'll announce the guest uh, later on. So yeah, take care, everyone. That's all that I've got for you today. If you want more of my content, please check out my newsletter at anniealexander.com backwards subscribe. And I'll see you in the next episode.